This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. 12.03, good afternoon. Thanks so much for joining us today on the WBBM Noon Business Hour. I'm Andy Dane, in for Rob Hart. Artificial intelligence can be a helpful tool in planning your next vacation. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, a measure of inflation closely watched by the Fed is out today. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home, is Jim Welsh, macro strategist and portfolio manager with MacroTides.com in San Diego. Jim, thanks for being with us. Uh, let's dive right in. This latest data on inflation is out. We're seeing some cooling. Uh, what else are you seeing from these numbers? What should people know here today? Well, inflation is coming down and it will likely continue to trend down in coming months, uh, Andy, which obviously is welcome news. For the Federal Reserve, uh, what I would also note that the Fed wants to see inflation come down and then stay down. And so the next thing they're going to be focused on is the labor market, and the unemployment rate is still near a 50-year low. So I think for the Fed to have confidence, Andy, that inflation is going to come down and stay down, they do want to see unemployment tick up a little bit because wage pressures, even though they're coming down, are still much higher than they would should be, if you will, for a 2% inflation target, which is what the Fed is aiming for. All right, Jim, so you mentioned the labor market, and, and a lot of economists are forecasting that the Fed is done raising rates, at least for, for quite some time. Uh, what what could also play into that, that, that pause, and could the labor market then have an effect on, on if the Fed kind of waits to see how that plays out here? Well, I think it is going to uh, play a, a big role. The, the point I would make is I did not think there would be a recession last year or in the first half of this year. But what I've been writing about, Andy, is that if you look at the indicators that have, have a terrific uh, recession uh, success rate, uh, yield curve, leading economic indicators, they all have long lead times between when they turn negative and when the economy actually slows down. And if you look at those average lead times, they all kick in by late of the third quarter and going into the end of this year. So I think the true test for the economy is going to be how much it slows down between now and year end, and what does that translate in terms of the unemployment rate ticking higher. I think the Fed is very close to, uh, if you will, hitting the pause button, but I, I think uh, they're not going to be cutting rates until they really see the unemployment rate tick up a little bit, because that's what will be needed to give them the confidence that inflation is going to stay down. Jim, any other concerns uh, on your mind as far as the economic front is concerned going forward? No, that's the biggest one. I think, again, lending standards have gone up significantly. And what that means, Andy, is for a lot of small businesses, when their loans come due in the next six months, all of a sudden they're not only going to be facing higher interest rate costs, but banks have been cutting back on liquidity. Last week, the Federal Reserve reported that the rejection rate for car loans went from 9% in February to 14% in June. 
So the point being is that that kind of stuff is going to bite uh, and hurt the economy, uh, you know, as we progress over the next six to 12 months. And that's, the, uh, again, a curveball that I think a lot of investors aren't really looking at at this point. Certainly a lot to look out for. Very helpful stuff, as always. Thank you so much, Jim Welsh, macro strategist and portfolio manager with MacroTides.com. Coming up, using AI to plan your next trip. Cash, credit, debit, and totally free. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. As you look ahead to fall and winter travel, technology can be a big help in your planning, and that can include the use of chatbots. We're joined by Shelley Palmer now, CEO of the Palmer Group and Professor of Advanced Media and Residence at the Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse University. Shelley, thanks so much for being with us. AI is increasingly user-friendly uh, and it can help plan up some cool things. So so is it possible, if you're planning a summer vacation, can AI help and how? Well, you know, it's interesting that you're asking that question because a lot of people will just go to Google and try to figure stuff out. But now, uh, ChatGPT+, the paid version, and uh, Anthropics Claude, which is free, are able to go out to the Internet and search a little bit. So what can you do? You could, for example, ask a chatbot like ChatGPT to create a travel playlist for you. Well, you know, that's destination city centric. You could have it craft your out of the office uh, message. You could have it plan a trip for you, let's say, around your favorite literary landmarks or put together your packing list or, uh, you know, almost anything you can imagine. Uh, improve your pronunciation of foreign languages if you're going to a foreign country and you want to make sure you're pronouncing it well or or just be able to translate some of the things automatically for you. Uh, I could go on and on. Um, you can you know get advice about off-season travel. It's kind of coming into the travel season, but are there some places off the beaten path you might want to go and look at? Um, maybe you want to get su sustainable souvenirs or you're looking for specific kinds of clothing. What is it famous for? What is the area famous for? And you could do things as simple as saying, hey, I'm going to Paris for the weekend. What are the things I cannot miss? Those, those kinds of simple prompts are going to give you really good answers. So, Shelley, you know, having kind of AI successfully help you with, with some of your travel planning and itinerary making, uh, a lot plays into that, including kind of the info that you're giving it. I mean, what are some of the helpful tips of if you really want to get the most out of AI helping you, what, what can you do here in the planning process? Well, every prompt, at least in the, in, the, in the one prompt window that you're using, and I would suggest you keep everything in one prompt window when you're asking questions about a destination, you say you are acting as, and then you tell it, well, I'm, I'm a traveler, I'm a tourist, uh, I have only a weekend. You tell it exactly who you are. You can tell it as many preferences as you can. You can even give it examples in the prompt saying, I like to do this. I like to do that. For example, I love Japanese restaurants and I specifically love I'm looking for the best, um, you know, takamaki. And it, it, you can really get specific into the prompts. The more specific you get, the better your outcomes are going to be. So uh, one last little tip for those of you who are using uh, any chat client, any chat bot at the very end of your prompt, no matter what uh, system you're using. Write the following sentence. Let's work this out step by step to ensure the best outcome. And what that's going to do is it's going to have the chatbot actually share with you its strategy for how it is approaching your question. Um, it may actually give you an outline of what it's going to do first, and then uh, it may do it, or it may just ask you if the strategy is okay. One way or the other, asking the chatbot to work it out step by step to ensure the best outcome will invoke a thing called theory of mind, which seems to yield the best results whenever you're using things like ChatGPT or BARD 
um, or even Bing with search, like all, with uh, chat search, uh, or of course, new Anthropics, uh, Claude uh, model. All of those seem to work better when you ask it to use theory of mind prompts. Really fascinating stuff there. Shelley Palmer, CEO of the Palmer Group and Professor of Advanced Media and resident at the Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse. Thanks so much for being with us. Up next in Entrepreneur Friday, growing a business during the pandemic and beyond. Cashing in with conversation. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Edie's Entrepreneur Friday, back to school, means it's time for medical updates, including eye care. Let's check in with a business we've been following for some time now as we welcome Mike Kogelis, co-founder of Big City Optical, which has 17 locations across the Chicago area. Mike, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, let's start uh, with kind of that back-to-school mentality. What should parents know uh, when it comes to eye care and vision health as their kids get ready to get back in the classrooms? Hi, thanks, Andy, and, and glad to be on. You know, parents and educators they're prioritizing as we get back to school of getting their uh, children and, and their students back in for an eye exam because there's no better start to the school year than to make sure that your student has perfect vision. And Mike, a lot of kids and, and people really in general would prefer the, the contacts uh, as opposed to having kind of the big bulky uh, glasses on throughout the day. Where do those kind of come in, when, especially when it comes to, to kids and children as they get back to school as far as contacts go? Sure. As soon as if, if a, a kid comes back to school and they are old enough and their parents are supportive of them uh, being able to put a contact in their eye and take it out, um, of course, we uh, help them with that. We give them the education. And then, you know, to get ready for back to school, we're, we're making sure that we make it easier for our students to come in. So we've been offering a $49 student exam. And then our educators, we're giving them the same deal. So if they come in and they want to get an eye exam, we want to make it really easy um, so that they've got that perfect vision. Well, Mike, let, let, let's switch to the business side now. We mentioned 17 locations across Chicago. So obviously there's been a lot of expansion uh, over the last few years. But what's behind that and, and kind of the growing footprint here in the Chicago area for, for Big City Optical? Yeah, well, you know, my partner and I, we, uh, we live in Chicago and, and have lived in several neighborhoods. And so our plan has always been to provide um, world best-in-class vision uh, care and products and services uh, to meet the needs of these great Chicago neighborhoods. And so as we've continued to grow, we look for those communities where we feel like um, uh, solid optometric services are needed. And, uh, and we think Chicago is an amazing place to uh, raise a family and to grow a business. And so we just keep finding new locations and keep them opening. And Mike, quickly before we let you go, it is Entrepreneur Friday. Your advice to any listeners who are maybe would-be entrepreneurs thinking about getting into the, the business world, any tips for them? You know, my number one tip is always make sure that you take a solid self-assessment of what you as the potential entrepreneur bring to any partnership or business. And if you feel like you've got the experience to drive and uh, the desire, um, I would say, go for it. But make sure that you make make sure you you are clear with what your abilities are, because you will be tested when you start your own business. 
Very helpful stuff. Great stuff. Mike Kogelis, co-founder of Big City Optical. Thanks so much for joining us on this Entrepreneur Friday. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Chicago's news, traffic, and weather station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Andy Dane in for Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. This is Dave Brenner. One person is dead, six others hurt after a boat hit a break wall in Lake Michigan early today. Former President Trump reacts to the latest federal charges against him in Entrepreneur Friday, shifting from a life of crime to an inspiring career as a businesswoman. While Wall Street is celebrating, much of Main Street is struggling. Wall Street at this hour, the Dow is up 150 points, NASDAQ gaining 243, and the S&P 500 inching up 38 points. Again, that heat advisory and air quality alert remaining in effect through tonight. Clouds and sun, very hot and humid today. Highs in the low to mid-90s, but real feels in the triple digits. Right now, partly sunny, 86 degrees at 1231. A woman is dead after a boating accident on Lake Michigan early today. The Chicago Fire Department says seven people were returning to shore when the boat hit a break wall and capsized near Olive Park. That's in the area called the Playpen. Authorities say six people were rescued from the water and taken to Northwestern. The seventh person was found dead at about 5.30 this morning, pinned under the boat. Police say the people on board were in their 20s and 30s. They've burned a 105.9 WBBM. Former President Trump responding to the latest charges in his classified documents case. This is a two-tier system of injustice. That's what the former president said on Breitbart after learning about the new charges and a new defendant in the case. This is harassment. This is election interference. He spoke after the updated indictment that alleges Trump asked the property manager at his Mar-a-Lago estate to delete security camera footage in an effort to obstruct the federal investigation. The former president denies any wrongdoing and says the prosecution is just an effort to derail his 2024 presidential campaign. Linda Kenyon, CBS News. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Stocks are higher, and joining us now on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home, is Tom Hudson, financial journalist in Miami. Tom, thank you so much for joining us today on the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Stocks have had a big run as of late, in your opinion, and from what you've seen, what's kind of behind some of that optimism that we're seeing on Wall Street? I think a couple of things, Andy. Great to be with you. One is continued confidence that the fight for inflation uh, is uh, is successful. We saw that today with the uh, personal consumption expenditures number, the favored inflation gauge by the Federal Reserve. Uh, that continues to cool off. So we'll call that disinflation. Inflation is moving. Uh, it's not as hot as it's been, certainly. And I think also confidence that the Federal Reserve is closer to ending that fight. So it's getting closer to uh, finishing up its work of raising interest rates, raising the cost of borrowing. You know, normally, you don't fight the Fed. So we would see the Federal Reserve raise interest rates. We wouldn't see stock prices continue to march higher. But I think what we're seeing here for at least stockholders is that they are confident the Fed is close to finished. 
So, Tom, kind of coming off of that big week of earnings, what what are some of your big takeaways as you kind of reflect on, on the week? Yeah, well, I think, uh, first of all, that companies are continuing to battle it out and find business. So, you know, we saw this reflected in the second quarter gross domestic product number, uh, reflecting a strong economy, strong consumer demand. Consumers have the resources to spend and companies are making money. They are, uh, you know, finding the ability to profit even with some of this uh, higher than comfortable inflationary environment and certainly higher borrowing costs. I think the second big takeaway here, Andy, is the outlook for the rest of the year is pretty bullish for many companies. We didn't see any big blowups in balance sheets or uh, a, a major company come out and really draw down and rain on the parade of, uh, of expectations for business for the rest of the year. Tom, tech has kind of been the leader all year here, and it seems like other parts of the market are starting to catch up. What, what are you thinking as you kind of watch how the, how the different parts of the market are kind of competing with each other? Yeah, I think it's a classic sense here where tech was beat up in uh, 2022. Hospitality, leisure, tourism really decimated in 2021, 2020, 2022 because of COVID. Those are the places where we've seen investors this year really uh, uh, profit uh, from uh, looking for some bargain hunting. Now, uh, we've also seen transportation stocks move pretty well. Freight companies, trucking companies, airline companies uh, move up pretty well. And that also is reflective of the overall support that the economy is certainly reflecting from consumer and company demand. Any concerns, Tom, about a, a potential pullback here in the, in the near future? Yeah, I think, I mean, all, you know, it, it, uh, investing is a marathon, not a sprint, Andy, right? And so you, you can't be running at a three, uh, three and a half, four, four and a half minute mile uh, in a marathon and keep that up. And boy, we have seen some big increases, uh, steady increases, but big increases over the past couple of weeks with the major indices that a little bit of pullback would be natural here. And Tom, finally, any advice that you have for the, for the individual investor here on this Entrepreneur Friday? Well, you know, I, I think, listen, uh, cash is no longer trash with interest rates where they are, and uh, it's going to uh, be a, a real stock pickers market here after the big rise that we've seen in the overall indices. And so it's going to mean that uh, individual investors need to be choosy. They want to pick quality companies like they always are and probably look for a little bit of dividend yield to get paid if you do see a bit of a pullback here. Great stuff. As always, Tom Hudson, financial journalist in Miami. Thanks so much for joining us today on the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Coming up next in our Entrepreneur Friday, it's a love of food, a life changer for a Chicago woman. An economy of words. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Well, it's Entrepreneur Friday. In this segment, we're meeting a Chicago business owner whose story is one of the most unique that we have ever heard. As we now welcome in Lakeisha Hunter, founder and owner of the catering and food truck culinary business, That Jerk Spot, here in Chicago. Lakeisha, thank you so much for, for being with us today here on the Noon Business Hour. Uh, let's start. Uh, tell us about your business and what's kind of behind the uh, That Jerk Spot. Hi, thank you for actually having me on today. I am the owner of That Jerk Spot um, food truck and catering service where I serve um, the Inglewood community here in Chicago. Um, we've been established since 2017, 2017, giving back to the community, training at risk youth um, in entrepreneurship while working on that jerk spot food truck and catering business. 
So, Lakeisha, your story, we mentioned, it's a unique one. It's inspiring in a lot of ways. Tell us a little bit about your journey and, and how you got to where you are now with this business. Um, again, I'm a Chicago native who survived being a gang foot soldier here in Chicago, um, in the inner city, in Inglewood. And uh, one day I was challenged by my culinary teacher in high school to choose my gang or culinary. I chose culinary and never looked back. Was that an easy decision? No, considering the position I was in. But um, I was great at culinary and culinary was my way out. And that's what I find um, myself now going into trenches where our youth are most challenged at in making decisions and doing better in their communities and gang violence where I feel as a leader now in the community to step up and help those who like people helped me when I was younger. So not only that, Lakeisha, you are also helping others get into kind of the restaurant space. Tell us a little bit about how you're helping kind of grow the the culinary scene uh, in parts of Chicago. Well, I'm the founder and owner of Rise Above the Ordinary um, non-for-profit program where um, I actually go out and um, and recruit and train at-risk youth on how to achieve um, and in culinary or in business and entrepreneurship, these these youth and young adults don't know the ropes and the red tape that it takes to go through. And my job is to teach them and train them how to get through these red tapes, fill out the applications, and go into entrepreneurship for themselves where they don't have to work for someone else, but they can work for themselves and change the dynamics of their household and their community. How they get their LLCs, they get their tax, their tax ID number, their sanitation license, and we go building the building step by step and showing them how to obtain an entrepreneurship or business license here in Chicago. So, Lakeisha, your advice kind of for would-be entrepreneurs and also I'm curious just for those who you mentioned kind of your your situation when you were in high school of, of having to choose between certain paths. And maybe there are certain, you know, youth out in Chicago that, that are struggling but want to, to to pursue a business path like you have. What, what's your advice to them as well as, as would-be entrepreneurs? I would tell them that they are not alone, that I am firsthand witness of what what goes on into the community and how we're affected by the community. I would, t- I would tell them to choose wisely, to choose um, tomorrow instead of today. Choosing tomorrow meaning you're leaving your game because today in your gang and in your situation, you may not live to see tomorrow. But if you choose tomorrow, that's you choosing to move forward and going forward with your um, future in, in business ownership or just life, period. And Lakeisha, finally, it's almost lunchtime. Where can people find you and, and find that jerk spot if they're uh, if they're craving some food in Chicago? Oh, great. That jerk spot will soon be in Save-A-Lot stores on um, 63rd and Halstead um, by next month. But you can find the food truck um, through Facebook, um, that jerk spot, Facebook, Instagram, and that jerk spot website, riseabovetheordinary.com. Great stuff. Thank you so much. Lakeisha Hunter, founder and owner of the catering and food truck culinary business, That Jerk Spot, here in Chicago. Still to come, gauging the status of Main Street versus Wall Street. Conversation that's on the money. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. While traders celebrate this year's comeback for stocks, Main Street is not sharing the same level of optimism. Joining us now to discuss the disconnect is Mark Holbert, investment columnist for the Wall Street Journal, Barron's and MarketWatch.com. Mark, thanks so much for being with us. So the stock market is, has been on fire, but not everyone is celebrating. Why is that? 
Well, if you look at the actual living conditions of the typical American, um, they're doing slightly better, I guess, than you can say that they were a year ago or a year and a half ago, uh, especially at the bottom of the lockdown that you know accompanied the, the pandemic. But nonetheless, they're not so much well off as to justify the kind of uh, – uh, exuberance you're seeing on Wall Street. And that's what I mean by this disconnect. You have Wall Street celebrating as though happy days are here again, and you have slightly better conditions on average among the typical American. So, Mark, you are what is kind of referred to as a stock market contrarian. Uh, explain to us what that is and kind of how you see the market through those lens. Well, a contrarian basically questions what is the uh, the main narrative that's capturing investors' attention. And there are a couple reasons why the consensus narrative often is wrong. One is that human beings tend to exaggerate. So when they think things are good, they think they're way too good to really be a realistic uh, assessment of what's going on. The same token, if they think things are bad, they're probably way too pessimistic. So that's one principle that underlies contrarian analysis. Another is that when you uh, have everyone thinking the same way, they probably are missing some obvious things that uh, should be taken into account, but no one ever bothers to take into account. So what I take into account is exactly what I think others are not taking into account. And right now, this is an example, the, the consumer sentiment on Wall Street is you have people thinking that things are happy days are here again. I'm saying, hey, you better not uh, get too exuberant with that because, in fact, there's a huge disconnect between that and uh, what the typical Americans are feeling. And what I did in a recent column is actually go back and look to see prior occasions when there was as wide a disconnect as we're seeing now. And typically, that was not a good time for the stock market. Mark, finally, before we let you go here, where do you see the market heading into the, the balance of the year? Well, it's anybody's guess, and no one should follow what I say. Uh, most of us should be long-term investors anyway. But if I had to guess, I think the market is probably ahead of itself and uh, will see some rough times in the coming weeks, even a couple months. Great stuff. As always, Mark Holbert, investment columnist for The Wall Street Journal, Barron's, and MarketWatch.com. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Noon Business Hour. A reminder, you'll find past programs and later today a podcast of this hour at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.